This was genius. Genius. Total genius. DeSantis Abbott sending some of the illegals to the woke left capital of the universe, Martha's Vineyard, where Barack Obama likes to vacation. And boy, it took him, what, 15 minutes to get him the hell out of there and send it to some military base in Massachusetts. Yeah, the goodbyes actually look pretty happy. And this, I think, adds to the phoniness of that community, right? Somehow they snowed these people into thinking, oh, yes, we love you, but please get the heck out of here. I don't understand these hugs, by the way. They were there for about, what, 20 minutes or so, something like that. And look at the woman with the hat and the glasses hugging the heck out of everybody. How well can she know all of these people they just got there? Anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah, the left, <laughs> they really don't want anything to do with illegals. And most people don't, by the way. Come here legally. That's the way you're supposed to. All right. So this is bad. This is bad. And you've seen them come in during the middle of the day. That's really bad, too. It's bad for everybody. But ultimately, I know we're going to be able to fix this. The Border Patrol soon will be enabled to do their job. I think when the Republicans come back in November, maybe Donald Trump in two years, we can fix this. You can figure it out. It's doable. And the wall, we're going to finish that wall. So one day, we're going to have the physical integrity of this country back. It's bad right now, I know. But there's something worse, far worse going on. It's the rotting of America from within. And I'm sorry, the Kardashians... They are so responsible for so much of it. Kim, Chloe, uh, the other one, all of them, and the parents and the brothers and the whole damn system, they don't have much talent. What do they have? Cameras and a big rear end, I guess, and the taking of the pictures and posting them. The danger of this is they have inspired so many men and women, usually teens and 20-somethings, that you too can be famous even without talent. All you need is a phone and an attitude and have at it. And you can take your chances and you might hit it big, like this person. I don't know that much about dancing, but I know that this is pretty mediocre dancing. This is not, this is not good. But this is uh, Jenula. She's got how many? She's got 7 million followers. She's got 30 million likes on her, 240, 82 million likes on her videos. That's a lot of likes. And you can probably make money that way, but... It happens. It's like lightning, getting struck by lightning. You don't know where it's actually going to land. But so many women, young men, think they too can do this. They're not developing real skill. They're just walking around, young, with a phone. And uh, you too can be a model. I actually think this poses a graver risk to America than the illegal wave. I want to fix that. Don't get me wrong. But this, this is the existential threat to America. She's beautiful. But flaunting it. And not just her, but everybody else. Samuel Adams, one of the great founders of our country, he did a lot to make America America, said this once. When people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. And as we're dealing with foreign invaders... I kind of wonder about that, huh? And uh, right now, Joe Biden is not equipped to do anything about this. He doesn't want to do anything about this. So I actually think as bad as the illegals coming in, uh, that young woman and her example just might pose a graver risk to America. 
almost as bad as the risk posed by this guy. Oh, boy, this is going to go downhill fast. Joe is about to uh, do a little freestyle, and he's got a pretty girl on his arm. What could go wrong? Folks, this happens to be uh, Annette's birthday. It's hell when you turn 25, but, you know. Oh, Joe, what a charmer. That worked in 1974. It doesn't work anymore. But what happens next? We have a tradition of the Biden family. We sing happy birthday. Hmm, those Bidens are a hearty folk from that region. They sing happy birthday. What a peculiar tradition. Next. So let's go. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Nanette. Happy birthday to you. Huh? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Happy birthday, dear Nanette. He didn't quite say that, did he? One more time. Happy birthday, Nanette. Uh, did he get it right? I don't know. That there was. I think he blew it. I think he blew the key line. Hey, but that's okay. They probably met 40 seconds earlier. Joe's already grabbing her, making inappropriate comments, and getting very, very close. God love you, kiddo. Wow, that was close and slow. One more time. Yikes, Joe, Joe, Joe. Hasn't he learned anything from me too? He's gotten himself in trouble just like this. Back off, sir, and get off the bike. I'm trying to help. I really am. Uh, all right, are we done with this? I think we're done. Uh, let's Actually, one more. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you for letting me interrupt your dinner. Thank you, thank you, thank you. remember now he he doesn't know where to go he's a little bit lost uh-oh he's pretending he's waving but where am i going that way yes sir hey i know that guy all right yeah look like you're in charge confidence confidence winning smile yikes not good not good now am i being mean to joe maybe a little bit but he was mean to us remember Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. No, we don't. Your horrible rhetoric does. And the American people, this speech did not sit well with them. Let's go to Harvard University. Actually, there's a poll about the damage you did here. 59% believe that Biden used anger at MAGA to avoid important issues. Next, please. 56% believe it's inappropriate for Biden to label Trump supporters as semi-fascists. And also, 54% believe the Biden speech was a gross exaggeration of reality. Yes, absolutely. 
And not to mention a violation and I guess a cancellation of a key promise, a solemn promise he made to all of us. We can see each other not as adversaries, but as neighbors. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. We can join forces, stop the shouting and lower the temperature. Not so much, huh? He must have forgotten to do that, and he does forget things. Hey, but anyway, today is a special day. Did you know what day it was? Happy National Black Voter Day. Today is all about recognizing the power of our voices and the responsibility we have to use them. It's great news that more black Americans were eligible to vote in the last presidential election than ever before. And why is that, Michelle Obama? Let's take a look. According to the Washington Post, since 2016, 11 states and D.C. have expanded voting rights for the currently and formerly incarcerated. Yes, and a disproportionate number of those happen to be black. Over a million currently, currently and formerly incarcerated Americans have regained their right to vote since the last presidential election. Now, uh, yes, America has been having a silly conversation about race to avoid having an important one. Can I see that commercial one more time? Black Voter Day. Wow. You know, looking at this commercial and listening to what they said, you know what? You know, Joe Biden says, what does he say about uh, Georgia Republicans? They make Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. This kind of stuff makes Barack Obama, who is supposed to be some sort of uniter, makes him look like Al Sharpton, actually. What a wasted opportunity he had, huh? All right, stay with us. Prince Charles, we liked him for about two minutes, and now he's gotten all pompous and arrogant all over again. And what's with the outfits? We'll be right back. Did you feel apprehensive during any of this, the Black Lives Matter riots that dominated this uh, country for months in 2020? I uh, didn't like them whatsoever. No, I don't think most people who are interested in safety, law and order, their fellow man actually like these things. But the Democrats, how did they how did they celebrate? Well, they sanctified these. Remember, there's Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the rest on their knees wearing garments they don't even understand that they think are somehow supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement. All of that virtue signaling. And so many cops, so many police officers have have died in the aftermath of this nonsense, in the lead up to and in the aftermath of George Floyd. Um, That should upset our leaders, don't you think? And it's okay for us as citizens to be upset with the FBI about what happened on August 8th at Mar-a-Lago. It makes no sense whatsoever. We view this as harassment. Those documents spread out on the floor. What is that even supposed to mean? We don't know. It has not been explained at all by Attorney General Garland or anybody else in this government, except for their selective leaks. But Dick Durbin suddenly is a partner of law enforcement, the senior senator from Illinois. And I will just tell you, it was stunning, the number of threats that have been uh, cataloged and indexed since uh, the the August 8th search at Mar-a-Lago. We've seen some of it at the Cincinnati FBI office and other places that is very explicit and specific, and others which are generalized and uh, 
address the security of each and every federal agent. Uh, well, why don't you index and catalog this, all the stuff that's been happening to our brave women and men on the streets of America every single day. Dick Durbin, you and your Democrat colleagues, and especially Joe Biden, helped bring this on. In fact, you, sir, personally said this. Yesterday, I participated in the Black Lives Matter protest in Jerseyville, some town in Illinois, I guess. How many more names of black men, women, and children will cry out in protest before things change? <laughs> Is the United States senator talking like a two-bit community activist? These silly words, pandering words from Democrats and so many Republicans, too, helped fuel the violence, people at each other's throats. We see it all over the place. New York City burning up, burning up during Black Lives Matter summer. And the tension is still extremely high. You know, in the middle of all this, we had Kathy Hochul. She was lieutenant governor back then. Now she's the governor. And look at her. She thinks she's the queen of England, waving, surrounded by security. Yes, Queen Kathy, huh? She's got local cops, county cops, state cops, federal cops. She has never had it so good. But during the moment of truth, here's what she said about the violence that was plaguing her city. I realize that my voice is not the important one right now. I'm here to listen and will use my platform to help promote other voices speaking up against systemic racism and injustice. Black Lives Matter. She was the number two official in New York State, and this was happening everywhere. And she chose to keep her mouth shut and help lift other voices. How about public officials who believe their mission is public safety, right? Just, we've got enough poets in society, okay? Lee Zeldin is our great hope here in New York. He is a Republican congressman from Long Island, happens to be an Iraq war vet, a lawyer, and uh, this race is tightening. Lee Zeldin is now within striking distance. Yes, he's down, but it's getting closer. This is an overwhelmingly Democrat state. It has not been the governor's mansion taken from a Democrat since 1994. And Lee Zeldin just might do it with your help, with our help. Take a look at this commercial. It is totally factual. There's no question that this fear of crime is real. Then without warning, he turns to violent. And You're looking at actual violent crimes caught on camera in Kathy Hochul's New York. And it's getting much worse on Kathy Hochul's watch. On November 8th, vote like your life depends on it. It just might. Lee Zeldin for governor. Because it's time our families feel safe again. I've seen ads like this going back decades, and I always thought they were overdone. This one is not. This captures what's happening right now in New York, and I am really rooting, not endorsing anybody, but I am sure rooting for Lee Zeldin. No wonder why Kathy Hochul will not agree to a debate location or time. Nope, 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 nope. She is avoiding Lee Zeldin. She is not up for it. We will see what happens. Keep your eye on this one. All right, meanwhile, the queen, when is her funeral? Monday. Wow. She died a week ago yesterday. Uh, this is, uh, well, look, we like the queen a lot and very important to the British and the world, but 
how many outfits does Charles have? Look, Charles gave a great speech the first day, and then ever since, he's been kind of, uh, well, he's been mean, he's been pompous, we've seen him snap at people, and the constant wardrobe changes. All right, here he was Friday. Let's see. Now he's wearing, he wore tails on Saturday. Did you see that? They went all the way down to his knees. How many uniforms? Oh, a kilt. A kilt, that is, well, that's traditional, I guess, uh, does have the uniforms. How many branches of the armed forces in Britain was he in? He's got a blue uniform. He's got a dark blue uniform. Uh, he did, sir. He was a helicopter pilot, I believe. All right, look, we are sorry for his loss. We, of course, admired the Queen very, very much. The funeral is Monday, and I heard a report that Donald Trump may have been invited. That would be nice. All right, coming back. Why was Hillary Clinton on television for 30 minutes today. They gave her a full half hour of free airtime. Hillary, that's a long time to watch Hillary Clinton. Uh, We'll be right back. All All I can can say is that that the the fake fake news just doesn't doesn't get it, do they? No way. No way. So Hillary Clinton... I think she's running for president. Oh, yeah. Joe Biden can't run in 2024. She wants back in. Look at the royal treatment they're giving her on MSNBC. They gave her like a half hour today, a half hour with Hillary Clinton. That is not interesting. Let's dive right into our next guest. Joining us now, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Next week, the Clinton uh, Madam Global... Secretary, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, let's Here. talk about... Do you uh, believe the Justice Department will hold him accountable? Well, I certainly hope so. But that leads <laughs> to my question about what CGI can do about the worst... And this is interrupting it. And so he wants... reason. It was to, such... An incredible experience to spend all that time with my grown-up daughter. Well, the secretary uh, the is fabulous and well, fun. No, she, I, I, we've definitely <laughs> seen so many sides of her. Being on the, the first woman with a you know real chance to become our first woman president. Yes. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, <laughs> thank you so much, really and nice uh, and thank you, and we can't wait to, to hear all the great things that uh, come out of uh, CGI this this weekend. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you so much. Take care now. I actually wanted to run. Oh, boy. I think he can take her. Don't you? Nobody likes her. And I think that might be all they've got. We'll see. You know who the press secretary is of the White House? It's this person, Corrine Jean-Pierre. And I'm sorry. Everybody knows it. She's no good at the job. I don't have anything. I I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I don't have anything. We don't have anything. Just don't have anything. Don't have anything. So I don't have anything. 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 Just don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I don't have anything. Again, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. Don't have anything. I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. And it goes on like this, and on and on and on. She doesn't know anything. That's the problem. So they brought over somebody who's bad but slightly more competent. His name is uh, Kirby, and he kind of looks like an old-timey game show host, maybe from the 60s. Anyway, look, he's a nice guy. He's not bad. Uh, But it's kind of getting awkward because, okay, who are you, and what's your responsibility? What's she all about? And finally, somebody asked the question, Uh, You know, what are we supposed to make of your presence here? What about the other one? And it, well, listen to this. 
on your job at the White House, because I've been trying to ask this question, there's, there seems to be some confusion about what your role is, what type of question should we ask you. Sometimes you act like the second press secretary. What's, can, can you explain exactly what, what, what your job is at the White House? Uh, and, and if you're a second press secretary, uh, uh, what type of questions should we ask you? Is it on food? Is it on national security? And, and the reason I'm asking this is because almost everywhere I go, I have black people telling me that the reason you're at the White House is to undermine the first female black secretary. So can you clarify that and explain why, uh, you know, there are a thousand national security experts uh, at the National Security Council who can always be here and, and take questions on national security. So what type of questions should we ask you? Wow, huh? I mean, it's actually an all right question. Did you see him hang his head in shame? Yeah, what is that, white shame? What's the... All right, so he grovels. He, oh, no, never. Uh, listen. Um, if anyone gets any kind of idea in their head that, that I'm uh, taking away from Corrine or her work, that's really regrettable. Um, and, uh, and I'm very sorry that that's any impression that anybody would have. I am simply working at the National Security Council on National Security Communications, and uh, with her good graces, I'm able to come up here every now and then to talk to you about simply national security issues. That's my portfolio. That's where I'm limited. All right, that's all right, all right. Seems, seems sincere, but it's very, very awkward, all right? She's not hacking it, and he's backing her up. Um, Take a look at this. Never forget what a con man that <laughs> Biden can be. On one of the most important national security questions of our time, he has misrepresented his stand constantly on the Iraq war. Moment shock and awe started. From that moment, I was opposed to the effort and I was outspoken. The, the rationale was that's the way to not go to war because I didn't believe he had those nuclear weapons. I didn't believe he had those weapons of mass destruction. Trusted George Bush to keep his word. He said he was not going to go into Iraq. He said he was only using this to unite the United Nations to insist we get inspectors in to see what Saddam was doing. Senior people in the administration, the president, the vice president, made pretty definitive statements that there were weapons of mass destruction there. You all voted, both you and Senator Luger, for war authorization last October, I think based in part at least on these intelligence estimates or assessments. Do you feel you were misled in any way? No, look, here's where I start. There was a cataloging of the amount, the numbers of leaders of VX, Serengeti, I mean, all the, all these biological or mainly chemical weapons that was done by the uh, international community at the UN under Mr. Butler in 1998. It was clear that Saddam had these things. Every member of the Security Council knew it, and the burden was on him to demonstrate he had destroyed them. He did not do that. I have no doubt he had the weapons, and I had no doubt the burden was on his the side. The ultimate reason why most people voted to go to war was the totality of the circumstances he laid out and not the notion of whether or not they had weaponized or not weaponized, had nuclear or not. I think to the extent that was hyped by some in the administration was for public consumption and to try to get public support. Because remember, that kept fluctuating. It kept fluctuating. One day it would be 48 percent of the people and 54 percent. And I think uh, all administrations tend to do that. I remember the first Gulf War, we heard all this about babies being killed in Kuwait and the like. That wasn't the reason we went to Kuwait, but it was sort of icing on the cake to deal with public opinion, I think.
All administrations lie, huh? Especially yours. Wow, huh? Hey, stay with us. Take a look at this. Did Donald Trump just put this on True Social? <laughs> a slam of Chris Christie by Donald Trump. Uh, we'll have that in a little bit. So tomorrow night, uh, another Trump rally. It happens in Ohio. Our coverage here on Newsmax starts at 5 o'clock Eastern time. It should be great. And who will be there? One of our favorites, J.R. Majewski. He's a Republican, a congressional candidate. He shocked much of the political world when he won the nomination. He's trying to take out an incumbent, Representative Marcy Kaptur, who is, by the way, sprinting away from Joe Biden these days. Hey, J.R., how are you? And uh, who's with you? I'm doing good, Greg. Got all the front row, the, the world famous Donald Trump's front row Joes are all here. And, uh, yeah. How many rallies, how many rallies have they all been to? Oh, I would say on average, they've probably been to 40 apiece, but you got as high as 65. And I think the lowest is probably 31. So, Jr., let's go back to the rally where you became something of a uh, national sensation when he singled you out. And I think this really helped in your campaign. You tell us. But first of all, here's that big moment. In the audience, we have somebody doesn't know he's going to be announced, but I have to because he's been out there. J.R. Majewski, he's been. Fan- Where is he? Where is J.R.? Hello, J.R. You didn't even they didn't even give you a good seat, J.R. But we but we love you, Jr. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. This guy, he carves that name Trump in those fields. He's a genius. Thank you, Jr. Really nice. <laughs> it changed the campaign, did it? Real quick, Jr. These are some of the designs that you've made, uh, and you're a, you're an artist and an engineer at this stuff. Uh, are we correct? Was that moment pivotal? Did that change your life when he acknowledged you like that, or were you going to win this thing anyway? You know, um, I'd be lying if I didn't say that President Trump had a huge impact on my campaign. But darn it, Greg, guys like me win anyway. Or, uh, I'm a candidate for the people. And I think President Trump knows that. And that's why he supports me. I mean, since that primary victory, he and I have been I mean, he's been helping me tremendously. And uh, we're going to win huge in November. And he's going to get a lot of the credit. Absolutely. Well, your district is definitely tilting red. It is held by an incumbent right now, Marcy Kaptur. She's been there for a long time. And I don't know if you've seen, but she is running away from Joe Biden. She uh, doesn't want to be seen with him. She came out with a public commercial saying, I don't work for him. I work for you. She knows that Joe Biden is toxic. You're not letting people forget, though, that they are on the same team. That's right. I mean, Marcy Kaptur has had 40 years to stand up to Joe Biden. She should do it on the floors of Congress, not during the campaign when she knows she's going to get defeated in November. And uh, the people of the 9th District, they're tired. And they want a guy that uh, is going to go to Congress and represent them and fight like hell uh, for their liberties. I mean, this, would, this is what this election is about. It is a uh, referendum on democratic policies that are destroying this country. And patriots like myself are, uh, you know, look at me here now. I'm, I'm with these guys at night. I'm not at home sleeping in a comfy bed with a feather pillow. I'm, well, I'm, I'm out here. I'm out here. I'm out here waiting to see the greatest president the country's ever seen. Just like these right. guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Hey, listen, we're not going to fault you if uh, somebody holds your space or you put a little piece of tape on the ground and you go home and get a good night's sleep. We need you campaigning. Watch but this. Greg, you got to see this, brother. I'm going to bring you one of these when I come visit you in New York. What do we got there? Ultra MAGA. <laughs> hey, be careful when you come to New York. They may call the cops on you. So um, you've got a very unique specialty. By the way, Jr. is an Air Force veteran. He deployed overseas to Afghanistan. But you know a lot about nuclear security. Uh, and very few people do in the Congress. Tell us your experience with that, what you want to do with it. Well, you know, it's not just nuclear security. It's it's just energy uh, as a whole. I think we are losing opportunities, major opportunities with nuclear technology, uh, advanced reactor technology, uh, recycling spent nuclear fuel like France and Germany and other European countries. You're talking about billion dollar economies that we could be opening up and uh, giving high paying jobs to American people instead of sitting on spent nuclear fuel and wasting the opportunities that it brings. Uh Spent nuclear fuel, the isotopes from radioactive fuel could be used for cancer research, or excuse me, to, to uh, uh, fight cancer and for chemotherapy. And the American uh, public is losing out because of bureaucracies that are, that, I mean, bureaucratic tape. I'm sorry for stumbling here, but the bureaucratic tape is really uh, hindering us from, from leading the world. And I want to be a part of the solution. I want to unleash American energy. America needs to be dominant again. Nuclear is part of that portfolio, along with natural gas. We got to get rid of these wind turbines and all of these other, you know, green new, fake new deals. Uh, they're, they're not the reality. Hey, do you mind if I talk to one of the front row Joes, the one in the second row? She's over your left shoulder. She's got the she's got the kind of silver hair. Hi. How are you, and uh, what's your name? And uh, tell us about yourself, if you don't mind, and why do you like Jr. Well, uh, I'm from East Tennessee. My name's Sharon Anderson, and I'm ready for him to go to Congress and represent the people in this country that believe in Donald Trump's policies, because he believes in Donald Trump's policies. Very good, very good. And what did you think of Joe Biden's speech from a week and a half ago? Did you see it? Yes, sir, I did. And uh, Joe Biden knows nothing about the MAGA movement. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Hey, JR, if you don't mind, can I talk to one more, the one who's actually holding the front row Joe sign to your right? Uh, that's her, that's you. Hi, uh, what's your name? And tell us why you're there for JR, or are you there for JR and Trump, or Trump and JR, or just Trump, or just JR? Both. Okay. It can go both ways. My name's Libby DePero, I'm from Connecticut. I'm here for Jr. He's great, and I've been following Trump since 2016. New Hampshire, Nashville is my first rally. I've been to 65 rallies, and I'm going to keep following, especially this guy right here, nuclear energy. I go with that man. <laughs> it's awesome. We it's awesome. We love Jr. A lot of yeah. a lot of nuclear energy at a Trump rally, Greg. Jr. Uh, this is one of the only circumstances where it's actually polite to ask about finances, your campaign's finances. How are you doing? Money's very important as you approach the general election. And I know people can help if they want. Jr. Majewski for Congress.com. We'll put that up on the screen. Uh, but how are you holding up? We're doing good, Greg. I mean, I'm on the phones all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm working 18 hours a day. You know, I'm calling for, I'm doing donor calls six to eight hours a day, sometimes 10. 
And I'm out, you know, developing individual relationships with the constituents in the 9th District. But we could always use some help. My opponent's been in office for 40 years, and she's sitting on a million dollars plus, and she's launched nearly three-quarters of a million dollars worth of attack ads against me. And uh, we could definitely use the help. All right, terrific. Hey, by the way, can I just see how close you are to the front row? You're the front row. Where's the stage? Can you whip the camera around? Can we see where the stage is from where you are? Where's we Trump? have uh, we have we are out in the front. We got the got to have special access. They haven't opened the actual gates yet. Um, the Trump team has uh, don't don't go too fast. The, the Trump team actually uh, called and we set up my campaign RV right out here in the front. And uh, J.D. Vance are go- and I are going to be out here playing cornhole with voters tomorrow. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun, and I wish I could be there. And, uh, well, anyway, next time. J.R. Majewski, continued success on the campaign trail. You shocked the world. This Marcy Captor character is in big trouble. And thank you to all the front row Joes. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. you bet. Thanks, <laughs> Have a great one, and we'll be right back. We are back with two of our favorites, Craig Shirley, presidential historian, author of The Greatest Speeches of Donald J. Trump. Uh, Craig writes the introduction to the book. It comes out by uh, from Humanix Book in October. Also, of course, Mark Simone, iHeartRadio talk show host. Gentlemen, welcome. Uh, Thank you, And you, you got to see this. It's the diss of all disses. We can turn the music down. <laughs> Chris Christie at a Roy Rogers at 11 p.m. in the evening trying to console himself. This is on Truth Social. Uh, we believe it's verified from Donald J. Trump's account. Now, I don't know if that's technically Chris Christie or not, but the slam of Chris Christie is, wow, off the charts. Uh, Mark, he, he still has it, doesn't he? It sure looks like Chris Christie. uh, And uh, who else would be at Roy Rogers at 11 o'clock? I was once actually in a buffet line behind him. It was a long, long experience waiting for him to get done. What is it that uh, Donald Trump would be mad about with Chris Christie? I know, well, we know he stabbed him in the back, in the front. He has said all kinds of things. He undermined him. He was nowhere to be found at key moments. But, Craig, what do you think brought this specific uh, uh, truth social post on? I think that simply the photo came to his attention. He's had a long simmering feud with uh, with Chris Christie and decided to poke a little fun at him. I think it's pretty much just the obvious. The obvious. You know, he thinks that uh, Trump, uh, that Christie betrayed him. And so he took a chance to uh, get even. Well, uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Roy Rogers. And I do know you don't see Roy Rogers around very much, but almost every rest stop on the Jersey Turnpike has a Roy Rogers. And I actually like them as well. All right, Mark. Um, Hillary Clinton was on Morning Joe and they gave her roll the roll the tape, if you don't mind, like a half hour of airtime. No commercial breaks. All Hillary, I could not believe the duration and how little was actually said or learned. What do you make of her being there and the exposure she's getting? And what is she up to? She's like herpes. It just keeps coming back. It, <laughs> it never get rid of it. Craig, uh, but calm she, down. <laughs> she is 
a vulture circling Joe Biden. Hey, and I am I wrong, but I think uh, Mika and Joe have a place on Martha's Vineyard or spend a lot of time on Martha's Vineyard. So I think that really hit a nerve with them. Uh, and they dragged out Hillary Clinton, the hatchet woman, to go after uh, Trump. But she is clearly running. She is a vulture circling Joe Biden right now. Is there any historical uh, comparison to this? Somebody, you know, who pretends they're not running but clearly wants to run against an incumbent of their own party. Craig, anything remotely analogous? Yeah, yeah, 1912 with uh, Teddy Roosevelt coming out of retirement to take on uh, 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 President Taft. And then, of course, something similar in 76 with uh, former Governor Reagan challenging the incumbent. Uh, Gerald Ford. We've had a number of situations. Uh, going back to Ulysses S. Grant, who served two terms, went into retirement, and then tried to come out of retirement again to run for president. So we've had uh, several situations over the course of American history with people in retirement uh, still still full of themselves or still full of energy or feel like they need another bite at the apple. Yeah. Uh, coming out of retirement and running for president again. Gentlemen, uh, I'm glad you're both here. The funeral for the queen, great lady, uh, great legacy, is Monday. She died a week ago yesterday. That's a long time. And Prince Charles, we have seen him in about 80 different outfits, it seems like. I mean, he he did he gave a great speech that first day. It really was well done. But then we started yes. to see his pompous and testy side. And he, as his clothes got fancier and fancier, I think he got nastier and nastier. And I knew he was in the military, but I think he was in like four different branches of the military. His uniforms keep changing. Mark, um, I mean, I guess it comes with the territory, but it is a little much. Some of them. There was one the other day, that light blue military uniform with the braids and the epaulets, and he had a sword. Well, I, I'm glad he's ready for action with that sword in case there's trouble. But uh, And the plaid skirt, I love it. He looks like one of those overdone Ralph Lauren uh, catalog ads where you, you wonder who wears that stuff. <laughs> all right. All right. Now, listen, it's OK for us to do this, Craig. It has been a very long funeral and she lived a great life. Ninety six years old. It has been a little bit much. Uh, I understand Joe Biden is going. Any chance that Donald Trump could shock the world and uh, and turn up, Craig? I, 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 you know, you know, as well as I do, Greg, is that I think there's always a chance of uh, Trump. Uh, making a surprise uh, visit. They did meet before. They had a cordial time. Uh, they, they spent something like three hours conversing over uh, dinner. So it's very, very possible that Donald, could sh Donald Trump could show up. Listen, I will say one thing for this long, prolongated funeral is, is that I, lo I love the show of patriotism on the part of the British people. And she was uh, the sovereign for 96 years, so she deserves a little bit more attention than maybe uh, than other people, other people's deserve. And as far as his uh, outfits, he's mandated because he's royalty. He's now the king. He's supposed to wear these different outfits, uh, gaudy as they may seem, or uh, out of a, a fashion catalog as they may seem or something. I think actually they're quite attractive. They're, they're quite uh, admiring. They're quite uh, something to admire. Uh, but uh, so, the, the, look, they're never going to have Elizabeth as their queen again. So the show of patriotism doesn't bother me. 
Well, listen, I was in the military. I didn't have that many dress uniforms. I don't know if he was in every single branch, but hey, look, he served and he was a helicopter pilot. And those things are tricky, tricky to fly. I'd like to play you the media. They always say this about a threat to democracy, MAGA and Trump, a threat to democracy. You've heard it a million times, but I want to give you a sample and then talk about the effect, please. A vote for Republicans is a vote to destroy democracy. White supremacy is a global terror threat. Calling Trump and some of his supporters threats to democracy. White supremacist terrorism. For years, warnings have gone out, calling it the gravest threat against the U.S. There is no doubt that this president is a danger to our democracy and to the well-being of the American people. White nationalist um, driven uh, domestic terrorism is the greatest terrorism threat. Domestic terrorism from white supremacists is the most lethal terrorist threat in the homeland. Now, that's not true. (laughs) None of that is true. If it were true, they'd be locking up white supremacists all the time. We'd be seeing their handiwork. We don't. Mark, I feel like this rhetoric is tearing the country apart, and there are good people who are falling for it, who are starting to believe this stuff because they hear it all the time. It's horrible and it's damaging, but when you have no accomplishments, nothing to run on, that's all you can do is just demonize the other side. Democrats have a history of creating this uh, boogeyman that you're supposed to be afraid of. The years ago, it was neocons, and then it was the Tea Party, and, and now it's this. It's just a sign that they have nothing to campaign with except... Convince you the other side is worse. Wow. Right. Well, yeah, real quick, Craig. Right. Yeah. The enemy of America is not white supremacy. The enemy of America is stupidity. And there's <laughs> nothing more stupid right now than uh, American liberalism, American leftism. Look at yeah. the stock market tanking. Look at uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, mortgage rates. Look at every aspect of American society brought to you by the American left, and it's yep. going in the tank. It's because of Americans, because of the stupidity, stupidity of liberalism. Craig and Mark, you guys are amazing. To be continued, see you next Friday. We'll be right back.